How'd you get in there? Same as you, through the front door. Hi, Rich. Hi, Rich. You want some locks? I got some nice, fresh locks. You got some fucking balls, you know that? I do. I should stab you in the fucking eye. Hey, come on, Richie. Get your hand off of me. I'll put one in your head. Hey, don't fucking threaten me, Richie. I'm threatening you. I got a hot arm for you already. Give me a reason. Let me fucking embarrass you. Outside now, I want to talk. <sighs> what episode are we on? Six? We are on Season 2, Episode 6, The Happy Wanderer. Welcome back to Sopranos Redefined, Ben. Yeah, yeah. Hi. How you doing? Hey, hey, hey. I'm the one that got up at 5.30 in the morning. Why are you so dopey? You seem like you're like, you, you need a little bit more coffee in you. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, just the weight of the world is on the shoulders. I've got I've got some yeah. meat coming my way soon, which is late from the butchers. So I'm just waiting for that. Waiting for that to buzz. Take me out of my flow for the episode. We can't lock in. Are you distracted? Would you say you're kind of distracted at the well, moment? Well, it's never good, is it? It's never good, you know, in that you have to stop something halfway to go and pick up some meat. So, but, uh. Yeah. No, it's been there, it's, man. Yeah, it's been not there. ideal, is it? Yeah, everyone knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, shit. Well, I mean, let's get started on this one until your, till your meat <laughs> arrives. Uh, man, I thought this was an amazing episode. I, I, I was sitting there just, just furiously jotting through, uh, jotting down notes because uh, there was so much going on. Uh, what did you think? First impressions? Oh yeah, yeah, really good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Season two has has been pretty good so far. I don't think there's been. Well, saying that, I don't think there was really a dud as such in season one. I think I said that I wasn't a huge fan of episode ten with the old massive genius. The music stuff. Yeah, yeah, I remember you weren't really warm yeah. on that one. But no, it's been pretty solid. Another good one. Lots to discuss and got, yes, some, got some questions. Lots to about, unpack, yeah. as they uh, like to say. Yeah. But this one was entitled The Happy Wanderer, originally aired February 20th, 2000. And as per IMDb, Tony's old school friend digs himself into trouble with his gambling. Well, Tony's family problems only continue to grow. And uh, yeah, right off the bat, we uh, we get ourselves introduced to Robert Patrick's character, David, the old uh, T-1000 himself. What, uh, it's it's, it's kind of hard not to think of Terminator whenever you see Robert Patrick, for me anyways. No, no. I should say Robert Patrick is a, uh, is a friend, actually. We're, we're good friends, me and Robert. He did actually comment and like a, a post way back when from the uh, the other show that I do that we'd never get a chance to talk about on this show, annoyingly, but it's... it's Today's the day. Well, the let's day. see. But yeah, you know, he liked it, he commented, so we released a an episode on The Faculty, which was... Uh, right, which was, uh, right. So he, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, he did, I didn't yeah. know that he, yeah. uh, he engaged with you he guys. He did, yeah, wild. yeah. Yeah, I tagged him in a couple of posts and he, uh, he liked... I, f- I can't remember what his comment was. I think it was just short but sweet. But was, yeah. Robert Patrick, bloody hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There he is. So, uh, hi, Robert. How you doing? He's a, um, oh God, like, uh, like a journeyman actor. Like he, he's, I find he's solid in almost everything he does. Did you ever see a movie called Fire in the Sky? 
No, is is that the uh, the one based around the UFOs? Yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. guy. I thought... Yeah, the guy who it's based on, I think, was on the Joe Rogan podcast. Or shouldn't, shouldn't say that. You can't. Travis Walton. That's it. You can't say yeah. Joe Rogan. Shouldn't say that. But I did listen to an episode of Joe Rogan. Believe it or not. And uh, yeah, is he cancelled? People don't like him anymore. Joe Rogan. Um, I think he's still going quite strong. I'm. I am waiting in the wings for when he is cancelled, so we can get the prime <laughs> slot on Spotify. Um, I think it's just a matter of time. But now he's still going as of recording, reasonably strong. Yeah, he's a he's a polarizing figure lately. Uh, I I don't know. I, I I've always enjoyed his stuff, but um, yeah. I mean, getting back to getting back to our show. Uh, I thought it was uh, I, th- I thought it was kind of fun how the episode starts off and you sort of see Tony at at the school there with uh, Meadow. I guess it's like a college recruitment thing that's uh, kind of the impression i got it's, it's always kind of cool to see him interacting in the wild out of his out of his element you know yeah yeah i don't think did i have that at my school don't think so we had that well maybe well actually maybe at college i went to school then i went to college before university so i guess we had someone coming in trying to sell courses to us at the local u- university so no, yeah. no, yeah, we get it, Ben. You had higher education. You're, you're the, uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's, the Renaissance guy here on the yeah, no, but this, I, I it didn't it. do me anything. You know, I just went to trade school and I learned how to swing a hammer. You know, it's, yeah, you've, you've, I think you've done. I'm the meat and potatoes of this podcast. Yeah, yeah, and no, I think, um, I think that's probably served you better than university served me. To be honest, I think I got mm-hmm. a great deal mm-hmm. from it. But you know, degree, wave that around in people's faces. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so we, uh, we get introduced to, David was his name and I thought it was, uh, I thought it was interesting how like right off the bat, you hear about this executive card game, this big money card game and David sort of sides up to Tony. He's like, Hey, I heard you running the big, the big game, you know, like, can I get in? And Tony's pretty, he's pretty cool. And he's like, Hey man, you don't want any piece of this. This isn't for you. Just, you know, and, and you can see kind of like he's put off by that. It's like, oh, what? You, you don't you don't think I can hang with these guys? Like, listen, it's it's for your best. Just leave it be. Yeah, isn't being a addicted to gambling just the worst? I guess you can say the same for anything. Drugs, alcohol, food. But it's, yeah, it's just it's such a slippery slope, isn't it? Being addicted to gambling, it really is. Yeah, I went through I went through a phase where uh, I was going to the casino probably two to three times a week, and I absolutely love the energy. And I, I wouldn't go as far as to say I was a degenerate gambler, but I, you know, I just I just I, I loved I liked seeing the cards flop. I liked watching the little ball land in the number and the rush you would get from that. But um, like anything else, I just kind of, I sort of go through phases where I'm just kind of all into something. And then I'm like, yeah, kind of, I, I don't really want to do this. I never got into, and that was the thing is the more time you spend there, uh, I got, I, I got freaked out when I showed up this one evening and one of the, de- this is a big casino, right? One of the dealers was like, Hey Dan, how you doing? I'm like, time to check out, time to go. <laughs> I think. I think I've uh, I think I've run my course here. So, but yeah, I, I I get how people have that 
that rush and that just just that one more hand. I, I'm I'm unlucky right now, and uh, he's he's he definitely falls into that category of degenerate gambler. Oh yeah, I've had the buzz. I went to I've been to Vegas a couple of times. You know, I've had the uh, the buzz of being at the uh, the blackjack table and getting a couple of hundred dollars on one of the random machines. I was there. This is great, but. It's. It sounds like for you, you you've never quite had to. You never got to the point where you've crossed over where people start start going. Oh, you know, give me ten grand, do this. I've got a house. Do you want that? I'll put that on the table. I've got a car. Take the car keys. That's. Um. Yeah. I, I never really. I was felt when the right time was to to check out. I was pretty happy with like a hundred dollars. I was like, oh my god, I've you know, I felt like I'd won the jackpot. So I was, I was pretty content with that. Oh, 100%. I was a I was a small time gambler, man. Like I would like to sit at the the cheap tables. I could make a couple hundred dollars last me a whole evening. And it's like once I lost that, I, I'm like, yeah, I'm sad. I'm going to I'm going to go now, but uh yeah, it's 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 knowing that uh it's knowing that time to to tap out because if you're if you're if you're going there looking for the rush or or looking to make money, you're, you're going to run into trouble. And, and that's kind of like what this guy is, right? Like he, once he gets into a hole, he's like, I'll, I'll just, I'll just dig myself out of it. I'll, I'll just, just, just this next game is going to, is going to put me in the, in the black. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah. That's the vicious cycle, isn't it? You lose and you'll have to get it back again. Or if you're winning, you're like, great, I can keep going. I'm on a good streak. It's uh yeah, nasty. Yeah. There's tons to get into with that card game, but uh, it was also, uh, you know, we, we jump to after the introduction of this this new character, we see Tony sitting back with Melfi again, and it's a really aggressive way to start off the therapy. About uh, uh, she asks him what he's thinking. He's like, "I would like to take a brick and smash your fucking face in." And I'm just like, "Whoa, that's uh, that's that's very pointed." Even though he was kind of like, "Well, it's not really about you, but it's kind of about you," and I'm like, "Wow, that's." You can see she's like, whoops. Yeah, the dynamics have certainly shifted, haven't they? We, I think we discussed this last episode about how, I may have mentioned it, about how I'm interested to see what how they're going to, it's going to play out now that, that everything's on the table. All the cards are on the table. No holds bar, nothing's off, you know, nothing's off, um, off topic. And it's with Tony, isn't it? It's just this idea, which I think a lot of people can relate to, or you've had it at certain points in your life where, you may in your own head be or have everything that you want in terms of and, and for Tony in particular, if we just look at the Sopranos, he's got he's got the power, he's got the money. Yes, I'm sure he could want more money, but he's got the money, he's got the family, he's got pretty much everything that he would want as such. He's got the girlfriend on the side, and he's still completely miserable. And it's just the idea of which I, I think is quite interesting is that you see people who seem to be slightly carefree, don't have any, seem like they give off the idea they don't have any issues and they're, they're quite happy in themselves. And sometimes that's true. Sometimes it's also a bit of a facade that they put on that really in reality, they're actually also quite miserable in certain aspects of their life. So I think that I, the idea of, oh, there it is. Hold that fall. Right. Christ. Go get it. Uh, so Ben ordered some meat from the butcher and he said, why don't we just start recording and then I'll, I'll just go grab it when it shows up. So 
that's what Ben's doing. I got up at 5.30 in the morning. And uh, and he scheduled a butcher delivery. It's good. It's good. Right. Okay. Where was I? So, so now that you got your meat back, um, the meat's here, everyone. You were talking about how Tony's sort of going through his rant and how he has everything he wants, but yet. He's still miserable and comparing himself to uh, why doesn't he feel like those happy wanderers? Or he's like, I'm not the happy wanderer. They, they dropped that uh, phrase a few times in this episode. Yeah. And I think what I was saying is that there is something to that in the sense that you do, you do have people who are, you know, optimistic and happy and always look on the bright side, which is, which is good. And if you're, miserable or you're going for a bit of a rough time in life or whatever or you've got everything that you that's that's one of the worst things is maybe if you've got all these ideas and you're like do you know what i want to i need to get this i need to get that and once i've got that i'll be happy and then you get it you get all the money you get all the power you get the nice house you get the car and you're like oh oh god i'm i'm potentially even more miserable than i was before that's when you've got a real fucking problem and I guess that's where Tony's sitting right now. He's, he's got everything that he felt like he wanted and he's potentially even more miserable than he's ever been before in his life. Yeah, I, I, this this particular rant that he went on or or even just how you laid it out, I it's, it really speaks to me. I mean, when I was f- almost 40, I had the big house, I had the dog, I had the wife, just had a kid. I was like, I should be happy now right like i achieved everything why aren't i happy and uh another big factor that obviously wasn't prevalent back when this show was being shot was um uh social media for me Uh, i used to have the facebook the instagram all that stuff but uh i found it very unhealthy for my own mental well-being because when you're not feeling great you're looking on Facebook and everyone's posting these pictures of the amazing life that they're living. I would be like, why these people look so much happier than me? Why, why am I not feeling this way? Right. I, I, what am I doing wrong? And getting rid of that like six, seven years ago or whatever it was for me, was probably the smartest thing I ever did. So yeah, this little, this little spiel that Tony, uh, uh, gives in therapy. I'm just, yeah, man, I, 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 I can relate to the essence of what he's talking about. Yeah, and considering this was back in, back in what, this is back in 2000. So this was way before social media. And uh, I don't think it's a coincidence that with the rise of social media, there's been a, a steep rise in mental health issues for people. So they correlate that, you know, they, they are, they, they are linked and, um, with COVID as well, the last couple of years, and a lot of people have have seen as or use social media as a as an outlay to speak to people and interact, and it does even if you subconsciously, even if you don't think it is, if you're if you're not feeling too good, or if you're feeling fine and you're going through day to day and everything's okay, you're not you're not miserable as such, but you're just getting on with life, and you look at people as you said, you look at people with bigger houses with. Bigger cars, nicer cars, more money, going on holiday. It's um it's not good. I don't think it's it's healthy. And you may think that it's not having an effect, and sometimes it, it might not be, but it's not good. 
And uh, I think, you know, I've, 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 I'm sure you have, and I've come into contact with people, one person in particular who, for some reason, has always had this weird thing where has always questioned my choices in life and has always tried to kind of, without saying it, because he's, he's not that intelligent, but has always tried to, to sort of go, well, why are you doing that? Oh, oh, you know, oh, why are you doing that? And it's really weird. And it was only probably a few years ago, which I sort of found out what, what his issue was. And mainly it's because he's just fucking miserable. And, you know, he won't, mm -hmm. he hasn't told anyone that. And he was, he was pissed at the time and, and blurted out. And I was like, yeah, I sort of knew that. But I think he, he looked at what I was doing of my life. Maybe I wasn't following the route that you normally go down or society leads you down, get the house, get the kids, all this stuff. And I was doing it a little bit differently. And, um, yeah, he just always had something to say about it, which I thought was quite odd, but makes a lot of sense, really. You see that a lot. You do see that yeah. a lot, right? When uh, someone else, you're just like, ah, maybe, maybe turn that, t turn that perspective around on yourself before you start looking at, uh, you know, making your, your your judgment calls on what's going on, you know, outside of your own little bubble. But yeah, I thought that was a, a cool little session uh, that, that Tony and, and Melfi were going through there. And like I said, watching this show, um, you know, 20 years later, as a guy that's in his mid 40s, I pick up and read things differently that I would have missed the first time around just due to age and experience. So uh, I've said it many times before. I'll probably say it many times again. Another wonderful thing that I'm getting out of this rewatch. Yeah, no, that's the thing. It's I think with this show, well, there was no point for me personally watching this 20 years ago because I would have been like, well, one, I would have been too young. It's just one of those where you mm -hmm. think like this, this would have been a complete waste of time. So I think I've probably, even five years ago, I may not have got as much as I'm getting out of it now. And then I could rewatch it 15 years from now and get something different from it and get more from it. So I guess, again, a sign of a pretty, pretty goddamn good show. It's, it, it is, again, I know we're stating the obvious because this is one of the most highly regarded television shows. And, you know, we're only six episodes into the, the second season. And goddamn, this, this show holds up. This is such a well put together show, but uh, I was just moving moving past the therapy session. Unless there's anything else you want to say, uh, the the next scene we get is sort of a lower level card game that's run by uh, April Richie April. Did you pick up on anybody returning in that little in that little group of people that were sitting there? You've got David, you got uh, Artie sitting in there. Did, did you pick up on Vito? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, the big guy. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he makes his return. He's no longer donut shop patron. Yeah. He's, he, is, he is Vito. He's a big cat, man. He is a big cat. Yeah, he's a big boy. Yeah. Yeah, he's... Uh... Yeah, because we, we spoke about it, didn't was... we? About how he's going to become a separate character in the show. So... This yeah, is like I said, it, it was yeah. jarring for me. It's like, oh, shit. Yeah. That's Vito, but he's clearly not Vito. Well, now he's Vito. So I, I, I uh, he came in quicker than I thought. I thought he was going to be further down the road because his character does have a, a much, uh, pardon the pun, bigger story arc. Um, but no, that they, they've got him. They've got him in there now. 
He's background character at this point, but he, he will become more prominent. Uh, speaking of that card game, I was surprised to see Artie sitting there. Um, I know this wasn't the executive game, but it was interesting how when David was just like, ah, I want to get into the game, and Tony's like, nah, 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 nah. It would seem as though he would have done the same for Artie. Like, hey, Artie, just... I want you to stay away from this. Like, I want to. I, I want to have my hooks into you in other ways, but uh, perhaps stay away from the these these dangerous things you, you could get involved in. But there he was. He, I mean, I mean, he was out of there pretty quick, but still, I was surprised. Yeah, yeah. Well, as you said, he was out of there pretty quick, wasn't he? He knows. Uh, he knows his limit. He knows that his wife. He's not. Well, he's not idiot, is he, Artie? He's run. He's run, but he's not. He's not particularly. I don't think he's super bright. But he uh, he knows the rules when it comes to what's going to happen if he gets. I think I think already knows who he is. Yeah, you know he knows like, his limit. I, I don't... Yeah, he doesn't strike me as somebody that has a a false sense of himself. Say like a Christopher, right? Where Christopher is a little bit of a you know he wants to be a climber. He wants to be perceived in a certain way. Where Artie's kind of like I'm gold chums with probably one of the biggest mob bosses in my area but i got my little restaurant and i like to do my thing and i'm not he never plays tough guy even though that one time he pulled the gun out on old tony from uh the end of last season but yeah he just sort of i just get already as comfortable in his own skin yeah he just, he just wants a simple life doesn't he he's found something that he enjoys he loves and he's got his wife i think that's that's a big thing i know everyone's got a girlfriend or a wife but his wife is completely on board with what's going on, the whole Tony thing. So anytime he gets a bit tempted and he's a bit giddied, he's like, oh, maybe. We saw it right at the start of the season, season one, when Tony gives him the um, the um, cruise tickets, yeah. And he's like, oh, great, this is brilliant. Oh, Charmaine's going to be over the moon. Oh, and she's no, no, you give those back. Give those back. They're from Tony Soprano. That's not going to end well. You don't know where they've come from. Give them back. So... I think he wants to play it, have a bigger role in it. Well, not even that. This part of him wants to have, wants to be involved a bit more with, with what Tony's doing. Maybe not the shady stuff, but I think he likes the idea that Tony's his mate and Tony can get him, you know, do things for him and get him in high places. But he's always going to have that wife in the background going, right, Arthur, you know, be back before midnight or you're in deep trouble. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Got yeah, the restaurant. Got to yeah. open that up 6 a.m. Right. Get a bit. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks very much. I think some of the other blokes don't really have that. They don't have that guidance as such, do they? I think their their wives or their girlfriends are more than happy to be involved in the lifestyle of the mob. Yeah, and uh, I, I I know she's kind of played off. Uh, I, I remember the first time watching the show thinking that, God, Artie's wife is kind of a bag. I do not look at her that way no. at all. I, I, I look at her now as like, you're, like you just mentioned, you're lucky. You're lucky you have this checkpoint. To someone keep you from going too far down into uh, that 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 lifestyle. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, Art, I, I like Artie. I like when he pops up. He's he's a uh, he's a nice little uh, ray of sunshine in his own way. Wouldn't yeah, you say? Well, he's different, isn't he? You know, I just said that he wasn't particularly that bright. And I did I didn't mean that in a in a bad way. I, I mean, he's he, he's quite simple in the sense that he he's got one or two things that he enjoys doing, and that's that. And he likes to dip his toes in that side with Tony and stuff. And, you know, he gets a bit of satisfaction from it. But as you said, he's got the wife, he's got the restaurant to keep him grounded. 
So that's why when you see him, he turns up. He, he's like a little kid a lot of the time. He's there. He's got a big smile on his face. Yeah, he loves that's... he loves being part of it, but then he knows when to get out. So he's um and it's, yeah, yeah he's, he's a bit different, isn't he? Every other character that you see interacting with Tony, they're all most of them are yes men, or most of them are part of the mob, and they're all kind of doing the same stuff. So he's a little bit different, which is. I guess keeps it, you know, is reasonably refreshing, I suppose, when you see all the other ones. Yeah, we, we've touched on it in past episodes. His relationship with Tony is different. And I, I think that's one of the reasons why uh, him and Tony are so close, is, is for that fact. But um, what did you think about the, uh, the interaction that uh, Tony's got with Junior? I think the reason he meets him is just to say, like, hey, like, you know, you don't have the big card game anymore. I've got the big card game. What do we, you know, what do we got to do? And then Ju- Junior drops the bomb about the uh, the other brother and uh, his, his uh, I guess he was special needs, but they didn't really touch on it and he's passed at this point. What did you, what did you think about that whole revelation? Yeah, I, I guess in the sense of, in the context of the episode, not quite sure where it sits really and how it what it does for the episode really other than it's a it's a bit of a revelation i suppose and we hear a bit more about tony's dad and how to his knowledge tony to tony's knowledge he thought that his dad left him and his mum and the family with, with no money when he died when in reality now it's a lot of shit there was there was money livia livia had money she just pretended that she didn't classic livia so yeah i guess it's I'm not. I don't know if I missed something. I don't know if if we're maybe going to come back to that. If that means anything in the great scheme of the of the of the Sopranos, or it was just a a throwaway comment which Junior made, which he said, "Oh no, don't worry about it." And then because Tony pushed him on it, he just had to explain himself. Um, I, I'm more just sort of questioning this whole executive game stuff. I understand the um, that it's been a thing for years and years and years and. Tony can't believe his luck that he now runs the executive game and it's really exciting. But it was, um, I just thought the idea of, of where it was set as well in the, uh, in the hotel. I know that's, that's going back to the episode from season one. That was a nice callback, yeah. right? But it was, um, it was very dingy. The room they were in was very dingy. It was like this executive game, but they were playing in this kind of rundown-ish dingy room, which yeah, had a kitchen. It was maybe big. Maybe that's and, sort of the appeal. Well, right? maybe. maybe. that's kind of the, you know, it's, 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 Got to be off the grid, if you will. So we've got to set these things up in, you know, not the most uh, affluent places, but yet they had all the all the luxuries they could want, right? Looks like they put a lot of effort into making sure they had the food and the drinks. And well, I brought those two bozos in again, didn't they? Christopher's, uh, yeah, Christopher's yeah. boys. Actually, before we uh, before we move too far down the road, I just wanted to point out there. I, I loved in that uh, scene where Tony's meeting with Junior. The little background performance Tony does as they're talking where he stands on the scale. Yeah. And then you can see him kind of pull back and he's kind of taken aback by what he sees. It, it, the Sopranos is so good at doing that, right? Like they bring the humor out of just a, a sort of nothing moment, right? Because that has nothing to do with what him and Junior are talking about. They don't draw a lot of attention to it. He doesn't sit down and go, oh my God, I, I got to start losing weight or someone makes a shot at him for getting a little bit too heavy. He just looks at the scale, touches his belly. He's kind of like, yeah. all right, anyways, on to business. I, I, I just, I, that scene tickled me for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, I think I've made reference to this before about season one. He was looking, uh, 
a lot, well, not a lot slimmer, but he was looking slimmer. And by what I've seen of snapshots and clips, it looks like he uh, he doesn't get any smaller, shall we say? I don't know if we get many no. more shots of him in his little basement gym working out. I don't know if that that starts to become quite limited. But um, I I can't remember I can't remember what movie it was, but I I I, I did remember reading something as the series went along and when they did one of their hiatuses in between seasons, he had lost some weight to do a movie. And I, I, I do believe he was asked like, Hey, you know, can you get back to Sopranos form? Because they just didn't really, I, I, I think like the idea of a toned up Tony. So it might've been a, it, it might've been a choice for the character. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think um, if we saw a slim down, Tony Soprano or a, uh, you know, one who started talking about protein shakes and a low carb <laughs> diet, you'd have been, I'm not quite quite sure this is the Tony Soprano we know and love. So, uh, yeah, I think it's, yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's his character, isn't it? He's, he's a big bloke. Makes him, makes him the whole yeah. thing about how he, he's quite intimidating. Cause he's not like, he's not super tall, is he? He's just big, wide, big, looks like he can handle himself. So it's all part of the character. No, no, very true. Um, yeah, I, getting back to that original card scene, uh, we can see that David is uh, into Richie April, right? Like he's playing in his card games consistently. And I, I did like that scene where Richie shows up at the, uh, the sporting goods store that David owns. And, you know, David's all kind of catch. Oh, hey, it's couple C's short. I thought Richie handled it really well. He he, he was just kind of like, okay, yeah, listen, this isn't my first rodeo. This is unacceptable. I think maybe because of the relationship that he knows David has with Tony, he sort of like, I wouldn't say gives him the benefit of the doubt, but he's like, I'm not stupid. Get this shit sorted out. The tax or the VIG or whatever they call it is running. Um, but I don't want to see you at any card games until we're square. And I was just like, seems fair. Seems fair. Like this is this one episode that like, you know, we see the mob, uh, muscle their way into businesses or take advantage of those who are vulnerable. Um, I don't think David falls into that category. I think David deserves everything he gets and that, I know Richie, you know, maybe doesn't handle things in the right way most of the time. I thought everything he said here was fair. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And we've also had his introduction where he beat up and slammed someone in the face with a coffee jug and then ran him over and we had all that and then got a bit of a ticking off from Tony. So, again, I don't think he's uh, I don't think he's an idiot. So, he knows that probably that approach isn't really serving him that well, especially when it comes to anyone being associated with Tony Soprano. He's now kind of getting a, a bit of more of an idea and he's accepting the situation that he's in, that Tony is the boss, that he runs the show. And yes, Junior's still floating around, but he doesn't really have much of a say in day-to-day affairs anymore. So he's just a, he's just a, adapting, isn't he? He's, ha- he's now got this relationship with Tony's sister, that's going on in the background. I'm making waffles. Kind of probably, he understands that going in all guns blazing and then beating up Davey and doing all that and 
isn't going to probably get him anywhere. It's not going to get him his money. It's going to get him another ticking off from Tony to say, look, like we've, we've had this chat before. Cut this shit. You can't just keep going around beating people up and running them over and all this sort of stuff. Like you have to, you got to at least give them something. Give them a chance. If they mm. then fuck up, either come to me and tell me and then I'll deal with it or I can maybe understand the approach. But then he messes up again because then he goes in and yes, understandably, when we get to the game, he's like, look, told you about the cards like what are you doing here what the hell's going on but you can't do that in tony's executive game you can't start throttling people no. so then he you know he loses his head again a little bit but yeah he's um i was a little bit confused which was cleared up when they were in the car later on when he's in the car with janice but um where he was getting all the money from but then i i remember that tony gave him the the bung at the start to get him back on his feet and yeah, the start yeah money yeah, yeah so he's yeah he's obviously had a head start but then that's that's kind of poopard somewhat by janice saying huh, 50 grand eh what's that hardly anything oh, she's the she's the fucking yeah she worst, is man she's, she's, she's just the worst. terrible um yeah i uh i wonder what that is 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 it like uh is that like tax-free like here you go like you did your time here's here's 50 grand i wonder does he owe that back to tony well, at all or yeah. i wonder I, I i wonder right and what does he do with the 50 grand? He wants to stop, must, you know, getting out on the streets again and letting everyone know that he's back and Richie's back and he's, what, what's he, he's got 50 grand. Okay. But in that world they live well, in. Like the card game, like the well, card yeah. game, right? Like he's got money to loan people, yeah. right? Like, here you go. I'll loan you two grand to get into this game. But, you know, I loan you two grand. You got to give me back, uh, you know, 2,500. I think shit like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I guess someone that, someone like kinda... Richie can make 50 grand go a hell of a long way, I suppose, with all the uh, all the things you can do with it. So. That's the impression I got anyways. Yeah, yeah but, fair uh, enough. What'd you think about, what'd you think about the old executive game? Yeah, I, yeah, as I said, I didn't, other than it being in that pretty, d- quite depressing sort of substandard hotel room, which I thought, well, this doesn't really, this doesn't really befit the executive game and however how excited everyone is about it and the the seemingly reasonably big hitters that have come to play the game. So, so that that is mm-hmm. Frank Sinatra Jr. Is that actually him? The actual Frank? That's right. actually him, right? Okay. So, okay, right. It's a you know pretty big name, um, and then doctors and people with people either who are famous or who have got a considerable amount of money, the ones who mm-hmm. can get into the game. So, that's why the idea that Tony at the last second lets Davey in is doesn't quite make sense, but it to me only makes sense in the uh, with the idea that it goes back to the title of the, the episode, the you know, the happy wonder, and Tony maybe looks at Davey and he sees him as one of these happy wanderers who's yeah, he's got a bit of an issue with gambling, but I don't know if he he put him into the card game at the last second because deep down he kind of wants him to have a complete disaster, which he does. And he knows that he's obviously a gambling addict. And he's like, oh, do you know what? Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, let's let this guy in. Why not? Look, if he wins, he wins. Good for him. If he has a disaster, great. Good for me. I feel better about myself. And also, I'm going to have X amount of money owed to me. So, all right, let's see what happens. Uh, I, I, I think you nailed it. Um, from my recollection, as the season goes on, Th- there, there is a moment between the two of them where uh, you'll have that you'll have that uh, question answered. I, I, I do remember that. So, um, it, it, I, but, but again, you know, he, he shows up. Tony tries to warn him off again, 
right? He 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 says, "Listen, just just walk away." But he's persistent. He wants to get in there, and uh, Tony's like, "Meh, all right, you know, whatever." If you're 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 a big boy, right? So, but um, yeah, I thought it was really interesting that you you asked the question, "What was the point of it?" And I specifically remember a conversation from a future episode where you will be like, oh, okay. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, that card game was, was interesting. It's the most intense we've ever seen Silvio. Yes. Like, Silvio was really wrapped up in this game. He's got a great, got a great couple of lines in there, and he's freaking out on the lackeys, you know, hey, cheese fuck, give me some food, right? <laughs> he was, do not, do not bother him when he's playing cards. And even Christopher warned him, he's like, uh, just, just kind of, Give your give Silvio his space, you know. Did Tony set him up? Did he set him up by like, uh, yeah, go sweep up that cheese? Yeah, over he there? must because he looks like yeah. he's got a yeah. He's just being a dick, isn't he, Tony? Just being an arsehole. because he know he knows these guys. Like he knows these guys and who Chris have have given him. He's like, oh, these guys. I don't know what all this is about, but you know, have a bit of fun. I imagine it's quite boring as well. Just sitting there watching people play cards all night. Imagine like, oh, I can, I can spice this up a bit. Oh yeah, let's get this guy an ear bashing from Silvio, and that'd be right. Let's do that. Set yeah, this dick up. Yeah, they go for they go for a couple, like at least a day, at least twenty four hours, right? I, man, like you know, you touched on earlier. Like, I've been to Vegas many times, and uh, I've put in some pretty long shifts. But I think like the latest I've ever gone is like maybe four in the morning, and I'm just like, I'm okay. I got to tap out. Like I'm tired. I cannot imagine sitting at a table i'm sure they kind of get up and go for like little stretches i would imagine but like 24 hours i don't know man i I don't know if i could do it yeah it's not too good is it i don't i don't really see maybe in this situation because of this game because it's what i don't know is it once a year or it's it's very now and again it happens so it's like a one-off and it's you know won't you only get it every so often so but in data in sort of general gambling i guess the only reason you do that is because you're losing loads of money. So you just want to just keep going, try and get it back again. Because even if you're on a win streak, yeah, it's like, it. do you know what? It's fucking hell. Like, I've won quite a bit here. But then again, that goes back to the whole thing, doesn't it? If you're winning, you're losing. Well, that, you, some people just can't stop either way. So that's that's the thing too, right? Is is I, I think with the gambling addiction, forget you know where you're at i'm sure you want to keep going when you're down but uh, for me i would always find the hardest part would be uh i went through a couple streaks where i i i won big for myself right like i'd go in at the uh at the roulette table i start with 100 bucks and i'd I'd walk away with 600 and i'm kind of like once i got up once i started to double my money i'm like i should stop now i should i like i don't want to like i want to keep playing but i don't want to lose my money Right. So uh, like that, you see that hand that David wins. I think he takes down close to 10 grand or whatever. At that point, I kind of be like, you know, I just I just want to go. I wonder if you're allowed to at the card at that card game. I I wonder if you're allowed to get like a big score and be like, well, I'll see you later. Or like, no, no, no. You're sitting down here. You've got to commit to like X amount of time. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know actually. Yeah, I, I'm not a big card guy, so I don't I don't know the the ins and outs of these kind of games. If you can just, I'm assuming on other games you can just go. Well, that's me. You, you have your hand, you win your hand, and you go right. I'm I'm checking out. See you later. I'm good to go. Yeah, but I, I yeah. Maybe I that's that's all part down. of the uh, the rules of the executive game that you uh, 
You have to keep no. going for X amount of hours and then whatever you've got left or whatever you've lost, that's just the way it is. Now, another thing I'm confused by was how do they make money? Like, 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 is there a, is there a percentage of each pot that goes to the house? Is that, is that how that works? I, I was just wondering where, because I think they said they took home something like eighty thousand um, dollars. How? The only thing I can imagine is they they get a percentage of every pot. Like, okay, like it's ten percent, no matter what who's in, right? I I don't know. I had no idea. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, and it's just that I guess. Anyone who's in that position, the more the the gamblers lose, the more money you get. So the fact that, well, yeah, because because the whole, whole no, because if but if you lose a pot, it goes to the person who well, won exactly, the hand. Yeah, but then I, and with Tony, that is, I was going to say, well, because Tony's going to be getting money from Davy, but then the whole point is he that's Tony's money anyway that he's lent to Davy, so yeah. he's just getting his money back, so. He's not making any money on that. So, yeah, it must be, yeah. It must be because these guys are big hitters. They pay X amount to enter the game. Um, and yeah, then, yes. yeah, whatever's left at the end is then all they have to... They can check out whenever they want, but it's like, okay, you know, give us our 25%. Thanks for playing. Yeah, yeah. And then, again, like with this uh, uh, with this executive game, we see David doing okay, and then we have some time pass. Richie shows up. It inevitably goes sideways, and then we find out David's $45,000 in the hole. You're just like, damn, man. Like, that's shit. On top of what what, what does Richie say he owes him? 8000 8000 yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, God. I, I just, I can't imagine. The most I've ever lost in, in, in one day, and this was like a record, because usually once I lose, like, a hundred dollars. That's the great thing about the pandemic was all the casinos shut down. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm done with going to the casino, but I lost a thousand dollars in a span of uh, probably two hours. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think I'll be gambling for the next few months. I, I, I think that's it for me. So I can't imagine losing $45,000. Fuck. Yeah. That's a, yeah, it's a chunk. It's a chunk. No, and look, the thing is, I probably stay clear of stuff like gambling um, other than dipping into it occasionally when I've been in Vegas and the odd soccer, football gamble sometimes where you put, I put like a low bet on, you know, like a tenfold accumulation and it's like, oh, if you win with a pound, you're going to get 45 grand. Yeah, that's never going to happen, but you know, why not? Um, because I, I know that I've, I've got that, I've got that in me probably. I've got that in me, especially if I had a, if I had a few drinks as well, which you do. I've got that in me where I'd uh, if I if I lose I'm like oh I'm like, I'm Davy I'm sure I could I could easily be Davy I start losing or I start winning and it's like yeah let it ride come on let's triple my money here we go so yeah I feel I'm gambling wise I should always just stay clear of it because I could always um yeah hey man if you, if you know it's something that uh, could could lead to problems uh, it's it's great to have that awareness and steer clear of. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you never know. When I uh, make it big with the whole podcast stuff, I've just got more money to spend. <laughs> Come join me at Vegas. I, t- I tell you, man, I I truly enjoyed my time at the casinos, especially when I would go to Vegas. It would usually be with a group of people, and it was always fun to sit at a table with a bunch of people you knew. And there's, again, I 
said it before, there is a certain kind of energy when you see that ball drop in your number and you got a big fat stack on it and you're just like, yeah. Oh yeah, right? of course, yeah. And you want to chase that, you want to chase that moment, right? Or, or the worst part, worst part is when you're at a, you're at a table and you're not doing so well and you see somebody cleaning up, you're just like, fuck, I knew I was, I was going to sit there. That was going to be my seat. Son of a, that should be me. That should be me, right? Or this table's cold. I, I, I'm going to move over there. I, I need a fresh start. Ah, fuck this dealer screwing everything up, right? <laughs> oh, there's something to it. There is. Uh, you know, you can imagine, imagine me and Tom, me and Tom in Vegas, sitting at the blackjack table, just like, oh, here we go, thinking that we like, you know, pretending that we knew what we were doing. I had no fucking idea what we were doing. Drinks handed to us. Oh, very nice. Thank you very much, lady. Yes, here's a, here's a dollar tip. That's all I can afford. Thank you. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, 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 just for like an hour, just, you know, winning like $25. Oh, my God, yes. I'm starting to master Vegas. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, yeah. um, it is fun. It is fun. But it, as, long as, you, as long as you have a certain amount and as long as you know when to quit, that's it, isn't it? It's just having that. I, I think something like Vegas, you have maybe a, you have a budget and you go, right, there's the budget. When that's gone, it's gone. And that's it. That's that. That's what I would yeah. do, right? Like I would, I would uh, put my 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 Vegas money aside, and when I would go down, I'd have a envelope full of cash, and I'm like, if this is if this is empty, then I am done. But again, I I I have been pretty fortunate because there has been a handful of times that I I used to go down to Vegas like every year for like ten years straight until the pandemic, and there were times when that wallet or sorry that envelope coming back was was doubled or tripled and i had my i had my trip paid for so i was like yay this is great and then other times i'd come back and i'd be like i have 20 dollars left but i had a good time <laughs> that's the main thing as long as you had a good time yeah but uh so yeah i mean gambling doesn't work out well for david he's now into tony he's into richie that's causing conflict between both tony and david and more importantly richie and tony and uh, you can see that he tries to, uh, he's, he's just in over his head. I mean, what else can you say other than he's in over his head? And he tries to play the, I would say, we got a history card where, you know, like, oh, hey, uh, so how's the daughter doing with the, you know, with the college applications? And Tony's looking at him like Tony goes to business mode real quick. And he's just like, what'd you say? Like, what are you talking about? To the point where he's got to go rough him up. Uh, in his shop and a guy just uh, it was uncomfortable to watch and then that whole scene where he needs to get something to tony as quick as possible so he goes to artie and asks artie for twenty thousand dollars i mean the balls on some people right like that 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 was the part where you're just like fuck man like that's desperation levels i don't understand yeah yeah i think at any time where you've got you know you get into a situation where you, you start borrowing money from friends and family to then pay off someone else to then say oh, i i owe you I'll, I'll give it to you but you know before you even know it's gone and all this stuff it's it's just a slippery slope isn't it such a slippery slope of just chaos and misery and uh and then he has that uh david that is has that brilliant idea he's like well I'm going to give my son's SUV to Tony as a, a payment. I don't know what that, I mean, that car definitely doesn't 
wasn't worth $45,000, but it was interesting. I was just like, yeah, yeah, here you go, Meadow. And Meadow's at first like, oh, great. And then she clues in real quick. She's like, wait a minute. This is, uh, I can't remember what the son's name was, but uh, what is this? I mean, I don't know. Would you have taken it? I don't know if I would have taken it. But then again, I don't know what I would have done as a 17, 18 year old that was presented with a car. And I also thought it was cool how Tony doesn't even hide the fact, yeah, I got it from your, you know, your friend's dad because he owes me money. This is what happens. This is the way the world works. It was an interesting, it was an interesting scene. Yeah, Tony reacted to it quite interestingly, where he wasn't, he wasn't very apologetic and he was like, oh, well, yeah, this is, you know, because we're entering that now, aren't we? We've had that. The kids are now, especially Meadow, is now gaining an understanding of what the real, what the setup is with Tony. She's she's seen several examples now of Tony and his power, and and she kind of knows what he's doing. She knows what he's up to, and it's um yeah, it's just terrible again, isn't it? Just Tony's just completely clueless, just utterly clueless. And then, which you would do maybe in that situation, if you've got someone who challenges the idea of what you know a gift or, and you can say, oh, Meadows being ungrateful, you know, how dare you? I work hard and look at all this stuff you've got. Doesn't matter. Basically, it doesn't matter where it comes from. You've got it. Doesn't matter where I get the money from. I work hard to give, provide you and the family and the kids with all everything that you've ever wanted. Yada yada yada. Um, and it's just, well, it's just, it's just terrible, isn't it? It's just bad. From to be, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Meadow, but I think in this instance, it's like, yeah, fair enough. Tony, Tony just, uh, he just sucks. Basically, he's just a bad. Yeah. In this instance, in particular, he's just a bad parent. And I, and I don't think Carmela's that much, that much better. I think she's pretty use she's pretty useless as well because you just see her and she just she's just kind of in the background she's looking a bit meek and she's kind of shrugs the shoulders and goes right Tony that's enough then and then Meadows is on the verge of tears and she just looks at Meadow and then just walks off and I guess what's there to say there's nothing to say you can't there's no point going oh Meadow you know how Tony gets you know how your father gets you know what the situation is because can't like there's no point because then they have an argument and Mercedes um, Meadow would be like. No, I don't want to hear this shit, Mum. Like, no, you may think that, you may feel that way, but I don't. It'd be nice if you'd have bought me a yeah. car without without stealing it or getting it from one of my best friends who I've now what I'm going to drive to school with his car and go. Oh, what do you think of my car? Lovely, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah. yeah, yeah it's, 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 it was an interesting dynamic. Yeah. So I think there's really only one more one more talking point that I think is is worth bringing up, and uh, that's the. Uh, the scene at the funeral where they're going to, I can't remember, is Uncle Tom or whoever it was, and they're sitting in there, and who gets rolled in? Living. Who gets rolled in, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's always nice to see her, but she doesn't really speak much in this one. So she doesn't. I don't shame. think she has a line in this episode. No, in she does no, no. But, but even with that, like, she steals, she steals the show by getting, you know, wheeled in there by Janice and causing a, a commotion and and as soon as she starts crying tony's like oh god right he knows he knows she's here and it's great after you know he tries to leave and carmel's like no no you can't and he goes out and he has his little uh discussion with richie about what's going to be done with the uh with the gambling debts owed to him and they're sitting down for the service D- doesn't she just? Doesn't she just steal the scene as she's trying to make eye contact with him, trying to look 
as as disarming as as possible. Oh, she's she's so good. She's so good in this. Yeah, I feel like we're running out of time now with Livia. As yeah. you said, towards the end, there's there's some questionable sort of CGI ish stuff going on, which I'm not not looking forward to. I guess that's you know I accept it. It's fine. It's two thousand, and we've got to have a is conclusion is, right? to the uh, the Livia arc and stuff. But yeah, it's um yeah look it's it's always just uh. It's just one of those things where whenever you see her, even in this, she doesn't say anything. It just brings a smile to your face. I'm looking because it's like because you don't you don't initially because you and the whole the whole dynamics again of of her in the background of the funeral initially and Janice, you know, she's wearing black and she's holding the chair and she's she's she, I don't know how how would you explain her look. She well, she just she knows she knows what the setup is. She's there going that look, Tony, look what I'm doing. Aren't I great? Aren't I, aren't I a great oh. kid? Look, look, I'm looking after our mum. What do you think of this? And it's just, oh, yes, you are. Yeah, you are. Uh, you are your uh, your mother's daughter. Certainly, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and then, and then you see her. Uh, she's fucking awful. Uh, and on the way back from the, I'm, I see, I think it's the car ride from the funeral. Yep. She starts winding Richie up. You can see Richie's almost sort of defending Tony. He's like, hey, you know, he put me back on the street, gave me some, you know, startup money. And then she's like downplaying that. It's like, oh, really? 50,000? Hmm. Hmm. Playing, like she's a, she's a master manipulator because she knows how Richie ticks and she knows what buttons to push. And she goes right for it because she's, she wants to make sure that she can use anything at her disposal to to better advance herself and that's what she's doing here and she's fuck she's awful yeah just as richie was kind of as we discussed in this episode just as he's kind of coming round to the idea of not being so hot-headed i know we had the moment in the in the executive game but he's yeah he's he's respecting now that tony is in charge and he needs to kind of you know wind it in a little bit and uh, yeah, exactly. yeah, Janice is there, the little the little devil on his shoulder, just going, "Oh, hang on, no, no, that's not going to work." If anything, he's disrespecting you. All this, so yeah, poor Richie. You know, he's trying, he's trying his best. He's trying to wane. He's trying to you know wind it in a little bit. Trying the to be worst a bit more person cool to be and collected. With in that situation. And, yeah, he's with. Uh, he couldn't be with anyone worse than than Janice. Um, I think the only other thing I got here worth touching on is I, I thought it was cool how the all the storylines sort of uh, uh, came together at the very end, right? Where they were at the school performance, and you've got all the major players from that episode sitting in the auditorium, and it was just sort of uncomfortable as, uh, you know, you've got the tension with, with David and uh, how it's affecting Meadow and David's son, and then you got... Livy there getting rolled in again by Janice and 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 Richie. It was just a yeah, it was a well put together episode. I I would go as far as to say it was my favorite of the season so far. And you can see again, it's like we're almost halfway through and things are continually ramping up, ramping up. Yeah, yeah, I would. Would I say it's the, my favorite one? Yeah, potentially. It's hard. It's hard with the Sopranos because. With this season as well, they've all been they've all been good in their own way. So it's it's hard to nail if I've got a favorite episode or not. But it was it was really it was it was really good, and we get jam packed. We get a bit of everything with this episode, and we get most of the characters are doing something. 
it may be, it may be, yeah, it, yeah, it is. It, it was very jam packed, and we, we're getting a bit of every, bit of something from everyone, which is good. I think if you can fit in every character, even if they're there for ten seconds, or in Livia's case, she's there but she doesn't even speak. You're like, oh great. Even Livia turned out. That's brilliant. So um, yeah, no, very good. And uh, yeah, there was the whole thing, wasn't there, with with um, Meadow, um, the fact that she wanted this solo, didn't she, at the start, and she she got it. She so that was part of the episode, wasn't that she? Deep down, she's everything's like, oh, coming up. Meta. Great, I get to be by myself and do my solo. Brilliant, absolutely, absolutely. I don't think there's much more else we uh, we can we can go over. Uh, we'll have to save our save our thoughts for what we think of these storylines and watch them develop as uh, as the season progresses. But yeah, with that, um, yeah, I mean. If you're liking what you're hearing, you can reach out to us on the old Twitter at Sopranos Re, Sopranos R-E. And uh, anything you want to add before we uh, before we peace out here, Ben? No, I don't think so. Good. We are on Instagram as well. We are on Instagram. We are, we are on the gram? I will start posting more on Instagram. I'm a little bit behind on that as of recording. I think I've only posted the first two episodes of, of season one, so... Bit of catching up to do. Yeah. Bit of catching up to do. And uh, Michael um, Imperioli didn't follow me back, which is a bit annoying. Uh, Yeah, I was a bit surprised. Well, I mean, to be fair, he's looking at it going, there's two episodes posted. Like, let's wait till they get maybe two seasons before I take these guys seriously. Yeah. And I think, I think to be honest, I think maybe we're getting a little bit better. I think the first few episodes of season one, probably. Well, you know, I'm always good, but I think you were not great. So I think mm. we're getting better. We're getting better. You're getting better. I've always been good, but you're getting better. So Michael, if you're listening, just keep going. Okay. Just get through season one. It's not all bad. Season two, we're really ramping it up. We're really getting better. So just if, just if we don't say so ourselves. Yes. Yes. Someone's, well, someone's got to say it. Someone's got to give us a pat on the back. Christ. Yeah. Well, I can hear the music playing, Ben. So that's my cue oh, to, sorry. Uh, sorry. to tap I can, out, so. Yeah, I can hear it too. Until next time, everybody. Uh, just uh, we need a catchy little little sign off. I don't have one yet, but uh, please, please uh, reach out and listen and all that crap. Yeah, yeah. Just just do that. All of it. Follow us and on all of it, and uh, send us some letters if you want. Oh, that would be great. We should get a PO yeah. box. That would be yeah. fantastic. Or a like a hotline. Get that going. <laughs> Sopranos hotline. You want to air Shit, your, uh, yeah. your opinions? Give us, give us some reviews. Uh, we'll get a hotline set up. That would be great. Yeah. But uh, well, right. in, until then, you're you're limited to Twitter and Instagram. So find us there. All right, everybody. Talk to you later. Ciao.